Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. I'm like a little kid this morning, y'all. I'm so glad that we got mothers in, in on the front row in a white. Um, I like that, y'all. Y'all don't know how I feel right now. Hey, if you have your Bibles, I want you to stand quickly with me. I know we got a lot of guests this morning. People want to eat and celebrate our mothers. We're going to give y'all time to take pictures with them. But I want us to give us a word on today. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 4. I'm going to try to be quick, y'all. Romans chapter 6, 3 through 4. The Bible says all of us were baptized to show we belong to Christ. We were baptized, first of all, to show his death. We were buried in baptism as Christ was buried in death. And as Christ was raised from, raised from the dead by the great power of God, so we will have a new life also. Somebody shout, a new life. As Christ was raised from the dead by the great power of God, so we will have a new life also. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to minister from this subject this morning that we've been purposed for the new. Somebody say, I have purpose for the new. We serve a God that makes all things new. I, I know we've heard that before, and we're reminded of this in the beginning portion of Revelation chapter 21, verse 5. It declares, and he sat upon the throne and said, behold, I make all things new. Somebody say, that's my God. In other words, this means that, that the very function of God, the focus of God, and the fruit of God is to do a new thing. God is always in the business of doing a new thing. He says, I make all things new. So it's his function, it's his focus, and it's the fruit of God. Yet even more, watch this text reminds us that he makes all things new. Somebody say, that includes me. So that means everything on the heart of God and everything in the hands of God, watch this, should be made new. If I'm on the heart of God, in other words, on the mind of God, if I'm in the hands of God, then that there should be some reflection of the newness of life. Somebody say, in my life. Therefore, as a believer, watch this. If we're on the heart and head of God, in the hands of God, we should be made new. The newness of God should be reflected in our lives. And I've said this many times before, that I have a problem with believers that remain the same um, since you've known them 15, 10, 20 years. Somebody say, that's a problem. Something in your life should be reflective of this new thing that God does. So one of the critical questions we should ask ourselves is, what new thing has the Lord done in my life? If I'm a believer, I should always ask myself, what new thing has God done in my life? Because a new thing should be the continual expectation of the believer. I don't know how you've been living your life as a believer, but I'm always in expectation of the new. If I'm a believer, because at some point in our lives, watch this, there should be a new miracle of God. Now, I should be able to declare that God has done a new miracle in my life. At some point in my life, there should be a new move of God, that God is moving some things in my life. At some point in my life, I've got to move to a new mandate of God. I know you used to pray them pity pat prayers, but at some point, God needs to put another level of prayer over your life. 
So I'm saying it should be a new thing. Yeah, I've got to assess myself. And here's the sad reality that, that we can do this in the natural, but not do this in the spirit. Because when I go on my job, watch this. I'm doing this right now for my staff. There's what we call an annual review. And I review every staff's uh, uh, progress in their work in the natural. So if we do it in the natural, why don't we do it in the spirit? And I've got to do a self-assessment. And this is why the Bible declares, let every man, somebody say, examine himself. So Revelation 21.5 reminds us that there should never be a season where God is not doing a new thing in our lives. In every season of my life, God should be doing something, somebody say new. Okay, I hope that's helping somebody. It's important to note, though, watch this, that how God does a new thing um, may not look like nor feel like what we want it to. Now, that's a good, that's a good word from somebody. Although in every season I should expect God to do something new in my life, how God does it may not feel like I look like what I want it to look like. Somebody say, how do I know? I'm going to give you a Bible. Watch what Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says. For my thoughts, somebody say, this is my God. He's telling you his thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So in other words, God can do something different in a difficult season. Did y'all catch what I just said? We don't like that. When we're in difficult seasons, we don't think that God is trying to do a new thing in us. But it may not feel like or look like how we want it to look like. But someone say God is up to something. Yeah, you've got to know that if you're going through something, God is trying to do a new thing. And therefore, this new thing that God does in the life of a believer is up to the discretion of God. Did y'all hear what I just said? You can't dictate how God does a new thing in your life. It's up to his, somebody shout discretion. Okay, because y'all ain't going to like this sermon series if you don't get that in your spirit. So in other words, when we are going through difficult seasons, and even when God wants to do something different, we've got to ask God to enlighten the eyes of our understanding. In other words, I've got to be able to see in the spirit what God is doing in the spirit. Even when it's seasons that I don't like. And here's the other thing that I got to do. And I've said this time and time again. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So that means if God has me in a tough season, I've got to submit to what God is doing. And one of the reasons why God can't do a new thing in a lot of believers is one that we're still looking through it with worldly lenses. And the other thing is when we try to look at it in the spirit, God, I don't want to submit to what you're doing in my life. Somebody say, I've got to see in the spirit, and I've got to submit in the spirit. We have to be like the songwriter declare, Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. But he will do it without you if you don't look in the spirit. And if you don't submit in the spirit, we love singing songs that we don't um, adhere to, especially when the Lord is doing something in a difficult season. Because watch this, a new thing in every season should be the expectation of every believer. Me and my wife are going through a difficult season, but I know she knows that God is trying to do something new in our lives. So the things that got me through in one season, God knows that I don't, I'm not equipped enough to get through in the next season. So he has to do, so I say a new thing. Yeah, a new thing. So watch this. Uh, here's the sad reality with a lot of believers that we live lives. The majority of our lives are stagnant in our ways. That's a lot of believers. 
the same, they act the same way when they got saved at two as they do at 22. Someone say, that's a problem. Y'all know some folk that got saved at two. They done brought the baby up and the baby thought they were saved at two. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. You've got a lot of believers that are slowful to change. We don't like change. And we've got a lot of, a lot of believers live the majority of their lives stuck in the old. Somebody said, that's no way to live. I don't want to be stagnant in my ways. I don't want to be slow for the change. I don't want to be stuck in the old. Because consider what the Lord admonished the children of Israel in Isaiah 43, verse 18. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. So what is God really telling us in this text? Not only does the Lord not want the children to continue in old things, but he does not even want his children to consider old things. Verse 19 of, of Isaiah 43 reveals why the Lord doesn't even want us to consider the old things. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Some of y'all still think about old baby daddies. Someone say, get that out your mind. Some of y'all still think about old jobs. Someone say, get that out your mind. Some of y'all still think about old friends. Somebody say, get it out of your mind. God says, don't even, not, not even just simply continue in them, but don't even consider them. I know he look good, but somebody say he's no good for you. In other words, our ability, inability to let go of, a for, of the former things does not give God the ability to lay a foundation for him to do a new thing. Did y'all catch what I just said? In the natural, when I'm planting stuff, they'll tell you, you got to pull up the weeds. You got to pull up certain, watch this, certain plants can't go to grow together with other plants. So I've got to pull up even the stuff that look good in old seasons to put down something else. So what God is saying, I don't even need you to consider the old stuff because you'll never give me a foundation. Someone say to do the new. Ooh, that's good news, God. Help us to purge out what you don't want us to have in our lives. We want God to lay a foundation for the new. And here's the sad reality. Many believers don't provide God with the appropriate foundation so that he can produce a new thing that he desires to do in our lives. I don't want God to say, I've set this aside for you, but you have not given me a firm foundation. Ooh. Someone say, I'm going to give God a firm foundation. Yet if the new should be the expectation of every believer, we should do what's necessary for God to do that new thing in our lives. So here's what I'm going to do. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to minister from this sermon series, All Things New. Necessary steps for what God, for God to do a new thing in our lives. We're going to examine how to be positioned for the new. Someone say, I got to be in position. We're going to talk about how to purge for the new. It's going to be some stuff. And y'all going to say, I don't know, Pastor Keith, how to let him go. Yeah, I'm going to tell you how to purge from that stuff. And then there's another thing. I don't want to be able to get a new thing and I can't keep a new thing. So we're going to talk about how we preserve the new. But this morning, I want us to understand that we've been purposed for the new. Somebody say, that's my expectation. And here's why this is critical to understand. Because you will never become what you don't believe and you will never birth what you don't believe. So thank you so much, Pastor Cole, for speaking into these mothers' lives. Because y'all have to know that you, you have to believe that you've been called to be a mother. Because you'll never watch this become what you don't believe and neither will you birth what you don't believe. Somebody say, that, that's why I just did the series on um, 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 belief. That we got, we've got to believe. Somebody say, I got to believe. Therefore, it's important to know that God created you to create the new. 
This means, watch this, God has designed all of us to build a new thing, to birth a new thing, to become a new thing. In other words, we've been purposed for the new. And I don't know about nobody else, but that's good news to me. And as it is with our God, so it is with us. That is desire to do a new thing, and his desire is that a new thing in us and through us be made manifest. But as I said earlier, we'll never pursue unless we understand that we've been purposed for the new. You'll never pursue what God has set out for you if you don't believe that you've been purposed for it. Someone say, I've been purposed for it. Many believers remain in dead and old relationships because they don't believe that, that, that they deserve the new. Many remain in dead and old environments because they don't believe that they've been purposed for the new. And many of us remain in dead and old habits because they don't believe they've been purposed for the new. But some say the devil is a lie. We've been purposed for the new. I'm trying to get y'all out of them raggedy relationships. I'm trying to get y'all out of them raggedy relationships. I'm trying to get y'all out of them raggedy relationships. Some say I've been purposed for the new. Therefore, this morning I want to reveal why we've been purposed for the new. Because I believe this will lay a foundation for the new things that God will do and wants to do in our lives moving forward. I believe Paul in our foundational text gives us this mandate as to why we've been purposed for the new. So hear this, I'm going to walk the tent because some of y'all got stuff on the crock pot. We got cake in the back. I'm trying to get y'all out of here. All right? So let's look at verse number three. The Bible says all of us were baptized to show we belong to Christ. If you're a possession of Christ, you should have a reflection of Christ. Somebody say, if I belong to him, I should look like him. Stop calling God your daddy if you don't look like your daddy. So the critical question that every believer should ask themselves is, does the progression of my life resemble the Lord? Uh, Does the trajectory of my life resemble the Lord? And somebody might be saying, Pastor Keith, I don't know what that means. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning of the end. Well, let me give you some Bible. Notice what Luke 2.40 speaks of Christ in this manner. The Bible says this, that the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. In other words, the life of Christ was one of process. Someone say, I got to go through process. Other, not, not only that, his life was one of progression. Someone say, I've got to progress. And then his life was one of promotion. Someone say, there should be promotion in my life. So watch this. If I'm always in a place where I don't go through process, do I, where I do not progress, where there's never promotion, somebody, somebody say, I don't look like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point in your life, you need to be able to not to just go through the process and give up. No, somebody say, I got to make it all the way through. Yeah, I've got to make it all the way through. At some point, I should be progressing in my walk with God. I know you knew the Lord's prayer, but my prayer should shift at some point. So I say there should be progress. And watch this, there should be promotion in God. And I know I ain't trying to say that you're going to get a title in God, but at some point, my, my, my disposition in the spirit should elevate. So I say promotion. So, so that, that, that's a critical question to ask myself. Uh, his life was continual with this. And hear this, it's God's intention for every believer to go through process, to have progress, and to be promoted in him. In other words, God is always up to something in the life of a believer. Somebody say he's always up to something. And watch this, as long as you belong to him, he's always trying to do something new in you. Did y'all catch what I just said? 
This is why I know I'm purpose for the new because I belong to Christ. Somebody say I belong to Christ. Yeah, so I don't care about nobody hating on me because I went through a process. Nobody talking about me because I'm progressing in God. Nobody talking about me because I promoted. That's what it should be. And you know, many of us, we get caught up and we covet folk that go through process. We get jealous at folk that be, are progressing in their walk with God. Somebody say, that's how I should be. Yeah, and if you weren't so caught up in their life, you would be progressing too. Somebody say, if I belong to God. Yeah, if I belong to God the same way. And I, I love telling this story. The way y'all see me now is not how I was when I first met Serena. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I had earrings in my ear. I had a chain on. I had a fitted cap. I thought I was looking real good, y'all. But I still look good, but I don't look like what I used to look like. Because somebody say, I belong to God. The very way I don't talk like, like I used to talk. Because I belong to God. I told y'all that somebody was going through the parking lot, almost hit my kids. I had to remember that I belong to God. No, I had to, y'all. And I belong to God. I got to remind myself sometimes. And this is why we've been purpose for the new, because we belong to God. Notice what Ephesians 3.20 says. Notice what the text says. The Bible says, now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty work, at, watch this, mighty power at work. Somebody say right now within us to accomplish if infinitely, in other words, abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. Oh, that's good news, y'all. In other words, this Greek translation of this phrase at work, and I believe it's on your screen, is this word energio, which means operative, accomplishing, and displaying activity. This means that the work that God does in the life of a believer is both present, some I say active, and has presence. Somebody say it can be seen. Oh, y'all got to catch what I'm just saying. So God is always at work in my life. It's a present work. Somebody say a present work. And don't tell nobody God is doing a work in your life and I can't see it. Did y'all catch what I just said? Don't tell nobody God is doing a work in your life and we cannot see it. God says not only is it a present work, but your work, the work that I do in you should be pres have presence. So here's what we got to ask ourselves. What present work is God doing in my life? If you want God to do a new thing, somebody say he's doing a present work. And that can that present work be seen? Don't tell me that God is dealing you, with you with your attitude and we don't see no changes with it. Don't tell nobody that he's dealing with you with your little mouth and we don't see no changes with it. Uh, someone say it's a present work. Because watch this. You will disregard the new thing that God desires to do in your life if you don't first acknowledge the present work that God is doing in your life. Consider why God does a present work that has presence in your life. We got to consider why God, why folk got to know that you're doing a work in my life. Because notice what our foundational text declares. To show we belong to Christ. God does a new thing in the life of a believer because it's necessary to show others that you belong to him. And a lot of y'all don't live like you belong to him. So God says, I've got to make sure that this work is seen. I want somebody to know that knew me when I used to be this. And I can see that God is doing something in your life because it's not about me. Somebody say it's about him. I need God to do a new work in my life. Ooh, somebody say I want him to do a new thing. So watch this. 
This means much of what the Lord does in the life of a believer is a personal inner work. Yes, it's personal. That is made public. Because God never does a work or a new thing that he does not intend to be seen. I hope y'all caught what I just said. It's a personal work. But God wants to make that personal work, inner work, public. Because he never does a new thing that he has no intentions to be seen. God ain't going to waste that kind of time working on your life if he doesn't want people to see it. So here's a word of wisdom. I need to say this real quick. Stop telling people you change. Stop telling people you cut out this and stop telling people that you can't do this because you're serving God unless they can see it. Did y'all catch what I just said? Don't, don't, don't tell me you ain't going to beat me no more if I don't see it. Woo. See, y'all ain't, y'all ain't like that. Don't tell me you're not going to talk about me no more and I can't see it. Uh, if I'm going to say that God is doing the work in me, somebody say, I need to see it. All right. That's going to help y'all cut out a lot of relationships that ain't good for you. Because that's a good litmus test if they belong to God. I'm not going to be laid up with you and you don't belong to God. Okay. All right. I'm trying to help somebody. Maybe I'm helping somebody watching because I don't know if I'm helping y'all. Because watch this. The evidence of the new thing that God does in our lives is that it can be seen. Consider what Ephesians 2.10 declares. It's on your screen. For we. Somebody said that's me. Are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Somebody say to be seen. God says you're his workmanship. I'm not going to do all this work on you and not cause it to be seen. Ooh, nobody don't like that because some of y'all been telling folk you're working on your attitude and your attitude's still nasty. This means every work that God does in our life, he wants to display. That means every deposit. Every area of development, development, and watch this, because some of y'all don't like to say this, and every area of deliverance, God wants to put it on display. We don't want folk know that I was delivered from such and such. I tell people this all the time, and I don't mind, I ain't got no shame in my game. There was a time in my relationship, somebody say before I was married, where my wife, watch this, because I'm going to try to free somebody, that I was dealing in pornography. Did y'all hear what I just said? But because God did a new thing, I'm not afraid to show what God has delivered in my life. Because it's not about me. Somebody say it's about him. Oh, so he wants somebody to know that I know you're, what you're dealing with, but I can do a new work in your life. Oh, thank God for the new work. Thank God that I can see somebody that's fine and turn my head. Somebody say a new word. And if I don't share what the new work that God has done in my life, somebody else remains captive. That's a new life. I got one fine woman that I look at, and that's that one on that second row. Because watch this. So for those of you who don't want nobody in your business, too bad. Because when God does a work in you, it's his business. And he wants somebody to know that you belong to him. So here's the first thing I'm going to get y'all out y'all out my way. Watch this. I, we belong to Christ. So that's why I've been purposed for the new. Now look at verse number four. We were buried in baptism as Christ was buried in death. When you get saved, you should never remain the same. Did y'all hear what I just said? When you get saved, you should never remain the same. And I'm not saying that at the point of salvation is the place where you're fully sanctified. 
Somebody say he's not saying that. Yeah, because a lot of folk like to think when you give your life to Christ, everything going to be different. The struggles that I used to struggle with, the temptations that I used to have, I ain't going to have them no more. Somebody say the devil is a lie. There's something, and I'll, do, I'll probably teach this one day. There's some stuff, there's a theology concerning or a doctrine of sanctification. There's this sanctification called positional sanctification. That means the Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin for me that I might be made the righteousness of God. In other words, that God no longer sees me as an enemy, but now I'm a friend of God. Then there's this thing called, um, 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 that, 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 that there's uh, um, progressive sanctification. In other words, as long as I'm wrapped in flesh, there's going to be some stuff that I got to deal with. So that means that this thing called sanctification is a journey. Someone say that's progressive. Yeah, that, 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 that's, and this is what I mean about this walk that we're on. It's a progressive walk of sanctification. But when you are buried with Christ, there is something in your flesh that should die. In other words, when I get saved, I'm telling God that I've been buried with Christ. And there's some stuff when I become resurrected that I leave. Somebody say dead. Yeah, dead, 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 dead. So, so, so when, uh, when we're buried with Christ, there is something in your flesh that should die. So the critical question we got to ask ourselves is, what has died in your flesh lately? Ask your neighbor, what's died in your flesh lately? Yeah, something should have died in your flesh lately. But here's the other thing. Y'all ain't going to like this. But if we can be honest, we've been admonished not for our flesh to die lately, but to die, somebody say, daily. Yeah, y'all don't like that because we don't wake up trying to kill our flesh daily. And somebody say, I'm going to give you a Bible. If you come to this church, you're going to get a whole bunch of Bible. The Bible says, I affirm by boasting in you, which I have had in Christ Jesus, our, our Lord. And Paul says, I die daily. There should be something, watch this, even though I'm the pastor, there's something in my flesh that needs to die daily. I don't care what title I get. I don't care how long I've been saved. There's something in my flesh, so I say that needs to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I've been, the reason that I've been purposed for the new is because I've been buried with Christ. Ask your neighbor, have you been buried with Christ? Because if you ain't been buried with Christ, you, you're not, you're not um, purposed for the new. So in order for God to do a new thing continually in our lives, something has to die continually. The way that I give God a foundation to do a new thing in my life, if, if this work is present, if it's always active, if he's always trying to do something in me, I've got to give God something to work with. Somebody say, give God something to work with. And the reason why God ain't got nothing to work with because you don't want something to die. Because the sad reality is that many believers, they're saved and they still lie. You still lie. They're saved and they still lust. And they're saved and they still love their flesh. Somebody say something has to die. Nothing dead and therefore God can do nothing new. That's a sad tragedy, y'all. If I know I lie, God help me to kill my flesh. If I know I'm still lusting, God help me to kill my flesh. But the reason we've been purposed for the new is because we've been buried with Christ. And I know that death can have a negative connotation but I don't know about anybody else. But my desire is that something should die in me. Watch this. What my flesh wants to come out of my mouth, I want it to die. What, what, what my flesh wants to rest in my mind, I want it to die. Watch this. Even what my flesh wants me to spend my money on, somebody say, I want it to die. 
anything that my flesh directs, I want it to die. And this is why we're admonished with these words in Colossians 3, 5. See, I got to give y'all a Bible because I don't know when y'all going to come back. Therefore, put the death, your members, which are on the earth. The Bible says fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desires, and covetedness, which is idolatry. And somebody might be saying, why is it so critical for us to put our flesh to death? I heard Bishop T. Anthony Bronner say it this way. I, um, I, it's not that I don't like it. It's just not available. So we've got to know as long as we're wrapped in flesh, it's going to be some stuff that your flesh like. So, so, so why is it so critical to put our flesh to death? Because watch this, God does something in our lives when we fail to put our flesh to death. And somebody say it ain't new. Yeah, God going to do something in your life because watch this, he's always active in the life of believers. So if you don't put your flesh to death, God's going to do something about it. And watch what the Bible says. Verse number six of Colossians three. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. In other words, God will deal with you if you don't deal with your flesh. God, God, y'all know how your parents will tell you to do some stuff? And you realize if you don't do it, what's coming? So I'd rather deal with it myself so my parents don't have to deal with me. Somebody say it's the same way with God. The stuff that he tells you not to dibble and dabble in, if you don't deal with it, he going to deal with you. Somebody just say, don't look at your neighbor, say, God, don't deal with me. I'm going to deal with it myself. And here's a word of wisdom. Our flesh has the potential to be the death of us. If we fail to put our flesh to death, I need y'all to hear what I just said. And I'm not, somebody say, I'm not playing. Your flesh has the potential to be the death of you. The Bible says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. And listen, I ain't just talking about a spiritual death, and I know that's the most weightiest death that we could have, but kill your flesh before your flesh kills you. Because if we can be honest, we can kill flesh. Our flesh will kill us both spiritually and naturally. I don't know about nobody else, but adultery has gotten some folk killed. Do y'all hear what I just said? Addiction has killed some folk. And even nasty attitudes have gotten folk killed. Somebody say road rage. rage. So God God is trying to warn us, if you don't kill your flesh, your flesh will kill you. Somebody say, Lord, help us today. Help us today. And this is why we've been purposed for the new. Because we were buried with Christ. So before God has to deal with me, somebody say, I'm going to deal with my flesh. Christ had to die in order to be resurrected. And it is in like manner with us. Because we were buried with Christ, we've been purposed for something to be raised in our life. And somebody say, that's a new thing. So if I ever want something to be raised up in my life, a new thing to come forth, somebody say, something has to die. So hear this, I'm almost done. I say we belong to Christ. I, I said this, that we've been buried with Christ. And notice the last portion of my text, and we're going to eat some cake. We're going to take some pictures, and y'all can go on about y'all business. I'm trying to get y'all out of here by 12. I'm going to do it. And watch this. The Bible says this, as Christ was raised from the dead by the great power of God. And it's important to note that one of the reasons that God does a new thing in the life of a believer is to both reveal and validate his power. He wants to reveal and validate his power over the enemy. This is one of the reasons that he does a new thing. Someone say, God do a new thing. 
So your life should be an example that the enemy has no authority over whom and what belongs to Christ and what has been buried with Christ. Uh, this is why our foundational text declares that Christ was raised in order that we might have a new life by the great power of God. But I need y'all to understand something about this word power in our text, and I believe it's on your screens. It's actually the Greek word doxa, which means praise, honor, or glory. This means God does a new thing in the life of a believer for his glory. So in other words, the reason why we've been purposed for the new is to behold the beauty of Christ. God wants to get glory out of what he does in our life. That's one of the reasons that he needs, whatever he does in your life, it needs to be seen. Somebody say, I can't be no closet Christian. Yeah, there ain't no such thing as a closet Christian. If you're in the closet, you might be with R. Kelly them. That, that, somebody say, that ain't where I need to be. God gets glory when a new thing is done in our life. Yeah, y'all think it's a game. No, we ain't got, I don't need nobody in the closet. When was the last time that God got glory out of your life? Ask your neighbor, when's the last time he got glory out of your life? So, so, because God gets glory when he does a new miracle. He gets glory when he moves in our life in a new way. Someone say he gets the glory. And this is why we've been purposed for the new. So that somebody might behold the beauty of Christ. His glory. That's good news, y'all. What a privilege it is to know that the new thing that God does in our lives gives him glory. And the very, the very essence of our life when it's the newness of him is the glory of God. Did y'all catch what I just said? Not only does the new thing in our life give God glory, but what he actually says is that you're a reflection of my glory in somebody else's life. Somebody say that's a privilege. I, I, I don't want to boast nobody's heads. Come and give you a Bible for this. But he says that I'm a representative of his glory in the earth. So that somebody looks at me and says, that's the glory of God. That, 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 that God has done something so amazing in your life that it takes the attention off of me and it puts it right back on you. Somebody say, I'm the glory of God. And I'm going to give y'all a Bible. Watch what Psalm chapter 8 verses 4 through 5 says what is man somebody say that's me that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him for you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor in other words when God does a new thing in my life I give him somebody say glory I should always want to be in a posture well, God is doing something different in my life. I should always be in step with God where God can do something new in my life because I want to be a representation, somebody say, of his glory. Some of y'all giving somebody glory, but somebody say it ain't God. Yeah, y'all don't like that. When we live like any kind of way we want to live, you're giving the enemy glory. When you don't want to change your wicked ways, you're not giving God glory, you're giving the enemy glory. When you feel like you got to give somebody a piece of your mind and that's just the way you were raised, somebody say you're not giving God glory. You keep listen to, listening to your mama telling to give them a piece of your mind. You're giving the enemy his glory. That's dangerous, y'all. You've been crowned with glory. 
And when God is mindful of us, in other words, we're on the mind of God. He gives the glory when he does a new thing in us. If it's our prayer that God give the glory out of our life, many of us pray that, many of us declare that, then it must be, watch this, also our purpose for God to do a new thing in our life. Don't say, God, get the glory out of my life, but you don't want him to do nothing new in your life. Someone say, that, 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 that's double-minded. Yeah, that's double-minded. This is why Jesus did a new miracle in the life of Lazarus. Watch this. In John chapter 11, verse 4. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified through it. And this is why I said, we've got to be careful about how we speak on the situations that we find ourselves in. Difficult seasons might be set up for you to give God glory. Y'all don't like that. I know the job ain't paying you what it need to pay you. But maybe if God is saying, how can you be faithful over this? How can you keep yourself um, 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 in the spirit and displaying the fruit of the spirit? God might get glory out of your life. Tell your neighbor, I want God to get glory out of my life. I'm done, y'all, because I just hope this helped lay the foundation for this series. God is glorified when he does a new thing. We don't have to remain stuck or stagnant in our walk with God. Even more, I need us to understand this and hear this real good. Our lives have not been ordained to remain in the old. As my life should look like Christ, always in a process, always in progress, and always at the place of promotion. Somebody say, that's what my life should look like. And the enemy, watch this, has too many believers held captive in their past because they don't believe they've been purposed for the new. We say stuff like, I can't change. We say stuff like, this is gonna all, it's always going to be like this. We say stuff like, I, I just can't help it because this is how I was raised. And we're held captive in our past. And God can't do the new thing that he wants to do in our lives. There's a reason that God wants to do a new thing in the life of a believer. Here's why. Because we belong to Christ. If we belong to, like, to Christ, somebody say, I should have a reflection of Christ. Here's the other thing. We've been buried with Christ. If I've been saved, I can't remain the same. Somebody say, I can't remain the same. And then here's the good news to behold the beauty of Christ. God wants to get glory out of my life. He uses the newness of life. Somebody say, for him. The reason God's trying to do a new thing in your life, it ain't for you. Somebody say, it's for him. But here's the good thing about God. God don't just use us for him. Because you know how some folk use you for their own benefit? So God says, yeah, I'm going to use your life and the newness of life for me, but I'm also going to use it, somebody say, for you. I'm going to give you a Bible. Watch what the Bible says in the last portion of our text. So we will have a new life also. In other words, I know this might seem cliche, but it's truth. We've been purposed for the new because our life is made better in Christ. Watch this when God does a new thing. God, that, that, that word new in this text refers to being refreshed, revived, and resurrected. In other words, God says, if you allow me to do a new thing, your life is going to be made better in me. Show you what I just said? That, 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 that I thought that I could navigate life the old ways, but God says, if you just can trust me and allow me to do the new thing, your life can be made better. Somebody say, I want to be made better in Christ. He wants to revive you. He wants to refresh you. He wants to resurrect you. 
but we've got to allow God to do a new thing. And you'll never become, you'll never birth a new thing if you do not believe. Somebody say, I'm purpose for the new. Amen. I want us to stand to our feet. Because y'all want cupcakes more than y'all want to hear from me. Amen. Y'all want to take pics more than y'all want to hear from me, but I'm going to give y'all this word. Amen. Let us go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, that the expectation of all of us should be a continual new work and a new thing in our lives. We come to you today, God, as yielded vessels, saying, do a new thing in us, God, we pray. We didn't believe, God, that we could change. We didn't believe, God, that our circumstances would be different. But, God, because of today, we believe your word. And we've been purposed for the new. So, God, now our expectation is that new things shall spring forth. But, God, first let us lay a good foundation that you can do a new thing in our life. Thank you, God, that we belong to you. So, God, for all of us that do not look like you, help us to look more like you, God. And, God, that means allowing you to do this new thing in us. The former things, God, we shall not do. But a new thing, God, you shall do. And God, we thank you, God, that we've been buried with your son. Thank you, God, that when we get saved, we can't remain the same. So God, help us to kill our flesh. All of us, no matter what title, no matter how long we've been saved, we've got something in our flesh that should die. Help us to kill it, God. Let every man examine himself. For somebody, it might be that attitude. For somebody, God, it might be lust. For somebody, God, it might be covetedness. God, help us to kill whatever our flesh likes. Because if we don't deal with our flesh, God, you will deal with us. And that is not our prayer. And God, thank you, God, that we get to give you glory. Thank you, God, that we get to be a representation of your glory in the earth. So God, help us to allow you to do a new thing that somebody might see the glory of the Lord upon our lives. And God, somebody struggling with navigating life. We thought the old way was the right way. But God, our life is made better when you can do a new thing in us. So do a new thing, God, we pray. We're giving you a firm, a firm foundation to do a new thing in our life. And every believer that believes, every believer that knows that they've been purposed for the new. Somebody say thank God and amen. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise.